It's the old Doctor Who show, episode number 61, Trial of the Time Lord. The mysterious planet. Ooh, what's on this planet? Yeah. Go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Control my mind before, and you certainly can't control it now. Would you like a jelly, baby? The TARDIS, when working properly, is capable of many amazing things. Because the polarity of the neutron flows, the TARDIS would be free of the force field. Well, the TARDIS is more than a machine. It's a unity. It's like a person. Resulting reaction is fighting. Are you ready? Welcome back to the Old Doctor Who Show, your tri-weekly classic Doctor Who review podcast. Uh, we're back after a three-week hiatus, which isn't really a hiatus because it's a normal stand. It's a standard delay between episodes. So what's that called? It's not a break. Nope. We're I just think back. Just, we're just back. <laughs> we're just back. Uh, Hello. I, I am Eric, as always, joined and, by... And I'm always Dan. Two, two people that are always themselves. Well, uh, as much as can be. Except expected. when they're not. How are you, yep. Dan? How was your three weeks of time away? Uh, good. It, it uh, This one snuck up on me. It did. It's funny how that works. Like, I yeah. completely... We both watched this within the last 48 hours, I would say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, That's fairly typical I didn't even realize it was coming up. And it's funny because we get uh, feedback from people, which is not the funny part. But I've, I have seen <laughs> that people... That part's hilarious. ...feedback that uh as if you and i do not talk at all other than the every three weeks which is you know fourth wall breaking is not true at all no we don't talk about this show like we save that for the podcast literally not, yeah we're literally not allowed to talk about the show well not about not about the current story yes. at all yes. before like, if i ever and it's really hard sometimes because there's moments there's moments in this one where i'm just like oh i just want to send him a gif of this because this is hilarious oh, and he'll know, know exactly what i mean he'll I know exactly what i mean if i send him this and the response i'll get back from him is save it for the podcast yeah, every I time know there's there, i know the gif of which you speak or the do you the, oh okay oh, we'll yeah. see when we get there there's two, uh, actually. They're I can great. tell you right now, it's going to be, can I say it right now? <laughs> go, go for it's it. It's going to be that weird dude's head in the food processor that gets splattered by the oh, pea soup or whatever. No, that's, that's good, though. I like one. that. And the other yeah. one has to be the doctor wrapped in tentacles <laughs> or whatever from that dumb robot, right? Yes. It's, it's, Absolutely. Yeah. That was my second one. My first one was them dodging lasers in the uh, food processing room. <laughs> yes, but anyway, yes. Which yeah, ended I mean, with the... the yeah, with the you, slime, yeah. With the with, you can't do with, that on you television. You can't do that on television. As if he said, I don't know. And then he got blasted. He got face Can we just talk about you can't do that on television for a while? Because well, we that literally. On that, uh, find out what Moose is up to. Maybe we <sighs> could get a Mo- uh, Moose and Alistair interview. No, I, not too long ago. Maybe. I hope, it, I hope this doesn't end with murder. And then you have to watch a Netflix show about, about the, uh, the murder that happened on that Canadian. It takes twists. It's six, it's six parts. It's six hours. But every you don't know what's going to happen. No, there, there was a documentary about, about You Can't Do That Television. I sought it out. This is like this was years ago, back when we first started working together. I think I was like, "Oh, the internet has everything now," and they you, they actually had you know Moose, uh, Christine, Kevin, and they had yeah. a whole bunch of them. It was Alanis actually Alanis Morissette. Uh, that was everyone's yeah. who. Alanis yeah, Morissette. she was the worst on the show too. She was my least favorite. Yeah, I don't remember her as much because I feel like she came Late. later on. Yeah, because I was more the Moose and Kevin 
generation. Oh, uh, the first Kevin. Do you mean Kevin Lyanovich, Rasputin, Kupacheski? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that's the, All first, the white Kevin. People were stuck in lockers and they'd say, hey, Moose, yeah, Kevin, or whatever. And they would Seriously, what if my, as a kid, that block of, uh, was it Nickelodeon? Yeah, Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon at the time. With that and like Danger Mouse and Banana Man and that was great. I don't oh know what God. Banana Man is. That's probably something you need to talk to your therapist about. <laughs> <laughs> was a whole you other ask thing. your father. He's yeah. I don't know. We don't want to. Uh, happy Father's Day, everyone. Oh um, yeah. yeah. So uh, well, now. anyway, you can't do that on television. I feel like it's one of those Canadian shows which are already yeah. sort of mysterious that yeah. just went on forever and they were constantly changing. Like Degrassi or something. Like the show is yeah. on for like a hundred years, but the cast sort of goes through iterations. Of right. I mean, people. Christine Moose was like one of the only ones that stayed on for the long time, and she was much older than the rest of the cast. Yeah, she was thirty six. Kind, <laughs> of, kind of amazing. She had one of. Yeah. She stopped recording the show and immediately went to social security. <laughs> so anyway, we're not here to talk about you can do on the table. Do you have anything uh, to to? No, let's just let's just I jump into this do, one because this we did no hear people do skip this part. <laughs> Well, we did. We got. We could say this at the end, but we did get mentioned on a, a show yeah, about we'll like about interesting podcast. So that was Let's nice. Let's hit the button and get into uh, the mysterious planet. All right. Hit the gavel, Dan, uh, oh, for the trial of the time lord. Pay for a gavel sound effect. This is going to cost us. Clunk clunk. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> that was almost like a Law and Order. It was a Law and Order clunk like clunk. A, yeah, that was good. Tape. That's all the muck you can rake up. Sit down. Smugness does not become you, Doctor. That is an irrelevant observation. I think it's now my turn to present the case for the defense. In due course. Well, that's not fair. Look, I wish it put on record that my involvement in the affairs of that planet resulted in the freedom of Drathro's underground slaves. That has been noted. <laughs> and despite the fact that evidence has been withheld, my presence there was most specifically requested. You showed little reluctance in complying with the request. Well, lives were at stake. Lives were lost. And because of your meddling, Doctor. I deny that. Without my help, an entire civilization might have been wiped out. Without your interference, it might have involved less sacrifice of human life. That was a risk I had to take. Risk. This is the mysterious planet, uh, the first part of the Caves of Time series. No, it's not called the nope. Caves of Time series. It's called Trial of a Time Lord. Uh, this is written by Robert Holmes, uh, my, one of my favorites, uh, directed by Nicholas Mallet. This is the first serial of the 23rd season, Dan. This was mm -hmm. from September of 1986. They got all four parts in September. So good for you, September. The initial part uh, of this season, as I mentioned, is going to be the Trial of a Time Lord, which takes us all through season number 23, lucky number 23. Uh, the Doctor gets summoned uh, before the High Council of the Time Lords for harmful interference and breaking time laws and whatever. Uh, so he's forced to watch his own highlight reel. Uh, you know, these highlights, unfortunately, are things that we have not seen. So, uh, you know, he, he's lived them and we're watching them. The first of which is his, his adventure on the planet Ravalox, which is probably Earth. And yup, it's Earth. Uh, Perry, <laughs> Perry is now dressed in regular clothes. Uh, so the spandex and the tube tops have been stored in the TARDIS overhead compartment. And while on this planet that is definitely not Earth, but it is Earth. It's, it's Earth. They hook up with two space degenerates named Glitz and Dibber and uncover a weird civilization run by a secretive robot overlord and his twin fun boys. Uh, Dan, what, what did you think? 
What did you think of the mysterious planet? And do you think those two twin fun boys in some way are the twins from the twin dilemma grown up somehow? Oh my God, it all comes together now. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, but in ge- what did you think of this story? I have nothing to add to that incredible intro. That's exact. That's that's it. Um, <sighs> overall, I thought it was a it was a solid story. It was it was f- it was a good story. Yeah, it was a good story, but co- constantly interrupted with the um, the trial part of it, which is the titular whole you know arc that we're going through, which. In and of itself, I think was fine. Like I, that, that mix of cutting back and forth and having exposition about it, and I'm all for meta narrative, and that that's kind of interesting, and especially at, at this point in time, and you know, 1986, you said seven, uh, 86, six. Um, so I thought that was that was actually fine. I if I wonder if because the the trial shots were so static and boring, if they had been shot in a more interesting way, like a more modern way, like a single camera shot or something like that, it would have actually you could have it it wouldn't have completely stopped the momentum of the story that we're watching every time we cut back into the courtroom, and it could have actually propelled it forward. So it was just the fact that you kind of kept jumping back and forth and having to stop and restart where you were that it just. It, it kind of ruined the pacing for me, but I. That said, I think there were interesting things going on in the trial. I mean, there's the whole mystery of why is Earth uh, many light years away from where it belongs? What is uh, what is the prosecutor trying to hide with uh, you know cutting out information from the record? There's there's definitely some interesting things going on there. It's just the pacing is what kind of killed it. But then the main story itself was you know a pretty standard story, so it was fine in that way. What about you? What did you think of this? I uh, I really liked it. Okay. I'm gonna say, and that's coming off of a story I really didn't like, uh, Time Lash. Love um, Time Lash. Go back and listen again. You loved it. It it has like I agree with everything you said. Like the the trial part is you know interesting. It's kind of a weird you know conceit that they're they're watching and. And, yeah. and several times they're conscience, uh, conscious of how bizarre it is that the doctor's watching scenes that he's not in. And there's just a whole, like, three-minute scene to explain how it is. Because if you're within the, the range of a TARDIS, you're allowed to sort of, you know, do this weird surveillance. Whatever. It's fine. Which was interesting because, I mean, as interesting as that can be, you're right. They had to throw that in just to be like, why the hell are we able to see things that he didn't see? But then it's like the TARDIS was actually bugged or it was modified without the doctor knowing. So there's that level of things going on. Like he didn't even, wasn't even aware that surveillance was possible. And he's like, I have an old TARDIS. How can you even do that? Was right. it bugged? So like the implication is like, they've actually been investigating him for a while or something that, that they were able to modify his TARDIS to be able to track him. Yeah. And that part's so cool. That's really and it, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And it creates sort of like, you know, uh, a mystery there's just this mystery of what's going on with this whole thing and we talked about the key to time or the key of time or the key whatever time whatever the name of that time key time key uh how that was sort of a bunch of stories that were sort of we every once in a while you'd mention the black guardian uh but really they were separate whereas this these are all going to be connected i mean they make a point of saying at the end even the doctor reiterates okay these are the mysteries why is earth where it is you know what does this have to do the the robot um what was his name dartho or some some i forget the guy's name he was an l7 robot he was an l7 robot but he's got a name or an l3 robot right oh no 
Yeah, L3, I'm L3, sorry. The L1 uh, is what? Dratho, or whatever, yes, whatever the guy's yes, name is. Dratho. He makes a point of saying, like, like, why is he there? And he's supposed to maintain the underground, whatever, part of it. Uh, so there's somebody who put him there, and there's all that stuff. And you talked about the redacted oh, yeah. audio that all of a sudden, you know, at first I was like, is something wrong with the, with BritBox? But it's part of the, you know, the story that the audio gets bleeped out. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool. Like, I, I liked all of that. I felt like... This is the first time I actually liked Colin Baker and that I liked Perry. Like when they first walk up and you first see them, there's there's a joy to it. And she's kind of got her head on his shoulder. And she could have been Sarah Jane with Tom Baker walking through the woods. Like it felt felt like, oh, OK, these people actually like each other. I mean, Perry sort of devolves into this uh, PTSD mode that she goes into where she's sort of devastated emotionally by whatever has happened and that sort of happens towards the end but at least in the beginning i felt like oh there are two people in space on an adventure having fun and having fun with each other i don't think it lasts through the end but in the very beginning it it felt like i feel like the story's much stronger in the beginning and it gets towards the end it falls off a little bit uh but i liked it i mean i liked all the characters i liked the uh, who would I say? Glib and or Dibber and Glitz. Glitz, like, Mr. Glitz. Yeah, they were kind of interesting. The Wildings, you know, the Free Folk people. Uh, the that, that woman's uh, what's her name? Um, the Queen. Uh, the Queen, Queen Katrika or something yeah, like that. It. Yeah, uh, she was cool. Like I, I liked all of it, and I was surprised to see that this story, I guess, is generally not liked. Right, uh, but I was right. surprised. I thought it was it was it's it's one of the better in my opinion, Colin Baker stories that we did. I agree with all that. I'm just starting at the the end and coming back. But yeah, I, I was prepared to dislike this more than I did. I, I liked it. Overall, I think it was a solid middle of the heap in all of classic Who stories that we've seen, you know, middle of the pack with some really interesting stuff. And if they had just changed some of the stylistic, you know, the way that it was directed, certain things, maybe it'd be even better. So I went back and looked. There's, um, you know, io.com did a, a huge ranking of all of the stories, um, best to worst. You know, one you know one group's ranking of it, but it fell in the bottom quarter of, of stories, and I was kind of surprised by that. I mean, you know, we got some feedback on on Twitter. I asked some folks, you know, this is what we're going to do, and what do you think about that? We can read that later. But you know, from the the general sense was that it you know it's okay and not great, but not really well regarded. So I was surprised by that. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I I like. I mean, I like. Um I generally like all of Robert Holmes' work. It's kind yeah. of funny, uh, but interesting at the same time. Like, he's he's got a sense of humor about it. Uh, and, and it is kind of, like, there's, like, moments in it that are just dumb. Like, you know, like, characters like uh, Balazar, who's got, looks like he's got underwear on his head. And yeah. the, the dumb scene with the, that other stupid robot. It's The doctor's literally, like, you know, scotch tape to the side of him in the tentacle things that he have. Had. Or when when that robot comes out the first time and he says, "Oh, look!" and points, and the robot turns to look like it's really it silly things thing. like doesn't that. Doesn't he but try to handshake a robot? And that's what that's right where before he gets wrapped right up in the. Before he gets and and, yeah. and there are weak parts. There's lots of weak parts. I'll talk a little about the weak parts. I felt like the cliffhangers are kind of lame. Mm. Uh, some of them, like in in the, I think it's the third part. Uh, the Murdeen guy, who's sort of the yep. secret police or the police leader that's actually got a heart of gold that's been letting people off. He confronts the doctor, and he's like, I'm hunting. What are you hunting? You. And you, th- and you think he's going to shoot him. But as an audience, we have already know the nature of this character. 
So it was like, well, he's not going to, like, there was no, for me anyway, there was no tension. It was like, he's going to be shooting someone off camera or whatever. Like, you already knew he was a good guy. Right. So then all of a sudden be like, oh, now he's going to shoot the doctor. It didn't make a lot of sense. Right. Because right. as a, you know, as an audience, we knew he was good. If that scene had that. happened after or whatever, it may have had more effect. I'm trying to remember the other, the other cliffhangers were, again, another, I think they're both the same. Someone's going to shoot the doctor and he doesn't. And like yeah. the other ones, yeah. the free folk are going to shoot the doctor, or the robot's going to shoot the doctor, and he and he's in between like the the wildings from Game of Thrones, and then the <laughs> the, the, the the robots, and he's like, I guess we're going to die, and then they end up like the right. wildings shoot the robot, right, and then they take him to whatever. There's there's plenty of there's plenty of problems with this. There's there's some pretty dumb moments, but overall, I thought it was good. I want to come back to one of the better parts of this that you touched dibber? on. Was it Dibber? It was mostly Dibber, yeah. With those no, actually, sideburns? I, like the, the sideburns <laughs> with the, the cuts through them? I'm actually thinking of doing that. I'm going to grow out my beard a little bit further and just... I actually, I'll actually, i come back to them. I actually really like the relationship between Mr. Glitz well, and Well, where we're from in New funny. Jersey, that's a real look that people still have. Like, you could go to Seaside Heights <laughs> and you would see that exact hairstyle. But Well, on. that's South Jersey, though, so that's, that's completely different. Count. Um, oh, no, I wanted to touch on the relationship between Perry and the doctor. Okay, I, I agree with that a thousand percent. This just from, like you said, from the first moment. And maybe it's just the way that they're, that she is kind of, I don't want to say clinging, but holding on to him in a way that seems affectionate. And yeah, she was trying to get underneath the umbrella because it's raining. But that immediately, and maybe it was the hairdo and the new clothes. Maybe that helped. But it actually felt like there was warmth and chemistry there that we never see before. Um, and, and and it was more of a less of Perry whining. And, you know, we, we even said this in the last week. We've said it many times, but I know we said in time last too, is like, she doesn't seem like she's having fun. Why in the world is she still traveling with him? Like when he offers to drop her off at home, she seems like she should be jumping at the opportunity to do that. Not in this one. In this one, even though she's scared, she's been taken captive like she does in every single story. They're running for their lives just like in every story. They Even if they're not having this warmth and funny, witty, you know, not witty, but just friendly banter back and forth, at least it's very clear that they both care about each other and that it's reciprocal. Um, n unlike, you know, the fifth doctor and Tegan, where it was, you know, always kind of, you know, a put down, this actually felt reciprocal, much like you said, like, uh, a Sarah yeah, Jane no, it was much and the more fourth playful, doctor. And the doctor wasn't as Colin Baker wasn't as dickish really. And it, when he was, it was sort it, 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 he was making it work. I felt like he finally clicked for me in a big way as, okay, this is his personality. This is who he is. And I understand it. And it's it's it works. Yeah, maybe I found maybe, that way, at least in the beginning. I, I agree. No, I, I think so too. And and um, he gets to use that to to good effect in the trial scenes because he keeps getting to put down the prosecutor beyond just like the calling, you know, um, the veil yard or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. besides like calling him like the stockyard and all those all those silly little things he does there. But literally, just just being able to use his um, intellect and smug charm in a way that was actually effective in those scenes was a really nice change but i also think it really does tie into the fact that that we're able to see a much more friendly friendly relationship between perry and the doctor that his smugness that we that we've come to see uh, see and expect just ha has a different quality to it so i i agree 100 yeah. percent with that and speaking I, of 
Perry, like we ha- uh, there's some foreshadowing about Perry that happens. Is there? I don't know if you picked up on it in the trial, mm. where they say to oh. the doctor, like he's no, the doctor. I'm sorry, says, "Where's Perry?" Where's Perry? And they're yeah. like, "She's where you left her." And then the doctor reveals he's got amnesia, right? So he doesn't remember it's going to come back. So. Perry's or they not. imply that. They imply that it's because he was pulled out of time that he has amnesia. Actually, I wouldn't even know if that's true for sure because the doctor doesn't say he has amnesia. The prosecutor says that, and who knows what right, he's actually right. up to. So there's some kind yeah. of mystery with Perry. I, unfortunately, I think I know the answer. I don't want to know. I have no from, idea. Re- from look, seeing things online that I shouldn't have seen. Uh, yeah. So it's interesting to know that you know nothing. Know nothing about uh, it. So that that's, yet an, again, another mystery for this sort of trial. Yeah. Do we want to do... Go ahead. I was just going to say, just like sticking with those those trial scenes. Mm-hmm. Did it feel like when they first started, there was a lot of people in the room? <laughs> and then as it went on, it was like two people in a card table. Like it felt <laughs> like all of a sudden... And I guess because like she's... The, the camera's always close up on the Inquisitor. Yes. Yeah. And there's nothing behind her. So, right. like, you forget, like, there's all these supposedly, like, dopes sitting up above, right? But yeah. then you just never see them again. And then you just forget. Not until, yeah. Yeah, it's a weird, it, uh, to your point, like, it does kill whatever momentum you had going with the story that you have to cut back to this sort of boring shot, like you said, where it's like, okay, he, doctor says something stupid, they co- go back and forth, and then they all turn their backs and watch the TV again. Right. There were there were basically four shots. There was a shot of the doctor, a shot of the Inquisitor, a shot of the, of the uh, Valyard, and then there was the wide shot. And that's it. And it was just, you know, m- move the cameras, yeah. <laughs> do and something, it, and, and it would have been so much better. It's there to keep reminding the audience that, hey, he's on trial. Yeah. To fit yeah. in some of these little mm-hmm. bits of information like, okay, where's Perry? They're yeah. redacting information. Are they hiding something? And then stressing that anything we are seeing is going to feed in or have a justification later on. But Which what, was what, really funny because there were yeah. moments that, you know, even the Inquisitor, oh, where did she say? Uh, yeah, she's like, what is, what is the point of any of this? Yeah, she is the, she is the, mule, she is the Mueller of this sort of world. I mean, she makes <laughs> yes. a point of saying I'm special counsel, I was appointed, but I am not under the high council, you know, authority. She's, she's sort of like this uh, third party that's going to be right. completely objective. Objective to this whole thing, uh, yeah. To the whole thing. But she says uh, in one moment, like, I would appreciate it if these brutal and, and repetitious scenes are reduced to a minimum. And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> that would be really ta- great, She's talking honestly. about Doctor Who in general. Like, I think yeah, she's she just really sort of was. commenting on the Colin Bay or the last couple of seasons. Like, Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. are too violent. Even what the doctor says that, too. I, I took a, a snippet of that, too. He says, um... Why do I have to sit here watching Perry get upset while two unsavory adventurers bully a bunch of natives? Well, can't we just have the edited highlights? And yeah. I'm just sitting here thinking, yeah, let's just do that. We right. don't need all this. So it was it was a little... I, like I said, I, I do like uh, kind of the meta nature of it and that it's commenting on itself. And it, that's a, a form that we see much more common now and perhaps wasn't as common then. Right. Um, but... I was going to say, it's worth pointing out, too, talking about the meta nature of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. This uh, 23rd season was going to be canceled, and they weren't going to have a 23rd season, and then people complained, and they ended up doing this. So it is, in a way, 
a trial of Doctor Who as a show. I mean, they talk oh, about yeah. why he's being violent, he's too violent now, and, and all that kind of stuff. So, Do you think that that has any impact on the, the, on the choice of how, you know, uh, Perry and the Doctor, you know, the actors actually chose to relate to each other or, you know... Do you think that that fed into a larger well, uh, the way the treatment of it is? Because I guess there was there was a year and a half between um, the last story, which we didn't see, and and this one. And yeah, the last yeah. story was a, a Dalek story that we missed. Yeah, um, we're yeah. not sure what happened in that. Um, in terms of that feeding into their relationship, I don't I don't know. I know for I, wonder, I know that her wardrobe was dictated by people complaining that it was too revealing. Oh, uh, for kids and everything else, because most of the time we saw her prior was all cleavage, like that yes. was like her and spandex, like you said thing. before. And then, so that sort of change so there of must an have outfit been. was a result, I think, of complaints. Okay, so I just wonder how much of that, how much of other things that people were complaining, like you said, the violence or Perry, you know, looking too revealing. I don't think she looked revealing; she just looked silly and trashy. Um, this look was much good. Although I have to say, she was still wearing heels. They were wandering through the forest, and she had heels. But they were only—they um, really helped her out. They were only like one-inch heels, and they were much thicker. So that's that's great. They were hiking heels instead of uh, her typical sprinting down corridors heels. Um, I just wonder how much of that actually played into it. If if there was a question that they were even going to come back. My get my guess, if you're talking about their relationship, is yeah. no. Because hmm. I feel like the best, another good show with Colin Baker was um, The Two Doctors, mm-hmm. or that I liked anyway. Another sort sure. of funny thing, and that's another Robert Holmes story. And I just think he writes the companion relationship much better than some of these other writers. Or writing I do. Teams. The reason why, I, yeah, the reason I, I kind of bring this up and, and kind of jumping to what we normally do at the end of the show, but one of uh, our our Twitter friends um, wrote to us. This was uh, at Minidisc Return. Uh, the Doctor and Perry have a better relationship. You can see this right from the start of the Mysterious Planet. Colin and Nicola have decided to interpret the script as friendly banter rather than um, irritable conversations of season 22. I don't know where, where that's coming from, I mean, uh, if that's just um, this person's interpretation of that. Uh, regardless, though, I, yeah, I totally whoever made see that it that way. I see have, it that way. Yeah, should have done that earlier because that plays so much better. It does. It works. It works so much, so much better. Um, oh, so if we want to just jump back to the, the beginning, kind of work our way forward, though we're kind of hitting a lot of the stuff. It does start off with a new theme song at yeah, the very beginning. Yeah, I noticed that. And is, were really? the graphics different or just the music? Yeah, there were a couple of things that were that I noticed. And and you know, watching this as a review show, I, I do tend to kind of skip the first you know the thing just to get into the story to get um, to get started. Um, but it, it does feel to me that there were a couple of graphic changes as well. The way that the tarn- uh, the uh, the Doctor Who logo comes in, etc. Uh, Colin Baker with the, the two faces of Colin Baker, serious and smiling, that's still there. Right. But the overall theme song just felt much darker. And it really strayed away from the main, the overall theme that we know. Um, it just kind of went in a weird little detour that I didn't like so much. And I know it only lasts this one season. And then it's gone. Well, it's a, it's a long season. <laughs> we got the whole thing with with all of this. But um, yeah. So that was that was interesting. So that even just set the tone to begin with with this dark, to me, um, uh, darker sort of theme song. But then it starts off with this uh, the opening shot of the space station. That's awesome. Which was great. Well, I have a question for you because yeah. we both watched Brit Box, mm-hmm. who should be 
sponsoring our show and giving us yes, free please. accounts, but they're not. Tweet at them. Um, what, did we see a re, like a remaster or CGI, or was that the original shot that everybody saw? Yeah, we don't get the... I know on some of the DVDs, um, there's an right, option they, they to watch... They do some uh, CGI stuff. Yeah, so this was no. the original. I know that in the past, I've seen stills of the updated special effects and they are not the ones that we've watched on BritBox. So I can only assume that this is the same, that okay, this is it not updated. Great. It was right, super exactly. cool. Yeah, it looks very, very, good. very so, good. So not only is it a really great miniature um, and the camera work moving around the miniature or vice versa, the, you know, the effect of the camera moving around the miniature, but also the stars in the background, the animation of that as it kind of swirls around. It was actually for, you know, a good 15, 20 second shot that was pretty complicated um, in terms of the choreography of the shot that looked super effective. And then that light beam shoots out from inside and pulls the TARDIS in. That was just, that was all done really, really well. So it, yeah, it was, cool. it's starting off like beautifully for me at, at the beginning. Uh, and then it jumps you know, pretty much right into the trial Yeah, and the, then we uh, go the into the trial scenes. and we're, we're sort of unsure how we got there. And you and I are unsure just because we didn't see the last story. Well, we even um, said, but it doesn't seem like it matters that we missed uh, Revelation of the Daleks. I although so. I did catch a still of what looked like Davros's head in a bucket or some kind of cylinder. You know, the old head in the the water head thing. in a jar. Mm-hmm. I got to see that now because that's right. I love. Anytime you put a head in a jar, you know, I'm pretty much there. <laughs> I'm pretty much hint there for Father's you. Day. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Ross. you establish this whole thing, and then we go right yeah. to the main attraction which is this woods that looks like New Jersey, um, yep. where they're walking around London, I think they say, right? Because they go into Well, the, they find that out later, yeah, yeah that they go into the underground. Fallout 3 type scene in a tunnel uh, subway. I mean, I didn't see that coming at all. I mean, even, no, it with, cool. it was even cool. with the foreshadowing of the Doctor saying it's a planet of the same mass with the same tilt and the same uh, you know, rotational speed, which is a very unusual thing, you know, they're hinting at that. I don't know that he has any idea, but he's just remarks on that and that's why they're there or at least that's why he says they're there i you know we don't we don't read ahead we, we try to avoid spoilers as much as possible so i yeah and he's he- on trial there for a reason i think the ultimate reason is that he's getting he's getting too close to some truth or something yeah, uh, not just that he's interfering with things so perhaps he did have a, a larger motive in why he wanted to explore this planet but when they do the reveal that um that it is, you know, Earth, and that they find the the underground, the the station sign underneath. I had no idea that's where it was going. It was it was pretty cool. Yeah, no, like, that was cool. Yeah. And because yeah. before that, you Perry, they give her some business, and they play into her backstory that she is a botanist, and yeah, and she's sort of to, she he's asking her questions, and she's answering them, and saying, well, of course, this, you know, it couldn't have been a solar flare because you couldn't have had this kind of growth, and the seeds yeah. would have been sterile, and blah 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 blah. So. And then he says something nice, like, she's like, stop making fun of me or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And he's like, no, I respect you. And he does a long right. about way he, of saying yeah. that he he knew she was going to know the right answer. Exactly. Right, right. So it's not just it's not just the, the physical interaction with them, which is much closer and seems warmer. And that the banter is set previously where it would have been snide and cutting was set with a smile. It was also, like you said, this writing. Um, really did lend itself to them having a better relationship, and he does. He's done that a couple of times before, but it, the culmination of all those things together really works. I, I do wonder though, because what he's talking about at that point is she makes a reference to you know they're in the woods and how it smells so great. He says you know the fresh rains and everything, and and she mentions you know hearing the the mammals and the birds and the trees, and he says yes, 
well, you must have better hearing than me because there aren't any. What what does that have to? We find out that this this fire, first of all, took place hundreds of years ago, and second of all, only was part of the planet. And then we see later that there are people living there, and there is greenery. The uh, the boy toys do mention like what is all this greenery? It yeah. supports life. So then, why weren't there birds and animals there? I'm not entirely convinced there's not birds or animals there. There's a couple of like weird it things. Was like, weird. You, you mentioned yeah. the water. There's a scene when they're in the underground where the doctor <laughs> picks up a water bottle which is lying around for some reason. Like water and then is a like, dozen guys yeah, swarm it's him. It's like Arrakis level of importance of water, where everything is valuable, and if you spill Dollar water doom. or drink water, you're going to get, you know, arrested, which he does. So he gets in yep. trouble. Um, but they never follow up on that, and I guess that's just. Uh, no, they do. They they mention it briefly. It's, it, I think it was more for the uh, the immortal for the robot to keep control over right. the people I was gonna say, there. It's, an ele- it's a it's propaganda that's not exactly true. Um, right, right. But it's like it's enough that they mention it, and then it it felt then like kind of drop it. Well, it's kind of like not well, really. A I think thing. it kind of served its purpose to set up like, oh, okay, this this robot's been given specific programming and will do everything he can to maintain the, the order yeah. that he's been so, told to do so he's going to lie to so them. So we actually we should talk a little bit about the lie. So the lie is and it's the lie that the doctor believes in the beginning or at least he tells the audience that this is yes. what it is, mm-hmm. which is that it's this planet uh Ravalox and that it was yes. hit by a solar flare and all mm-hmm. of a life fireball, came, yeah. fireball whatever yep. was was destroyed life and they they're living in these underground bunkers. And, and a, he says that's according to the information that he has from the Time Lord, from Gallifrey. That's yeah, where that information yeah, is right, coming yeah, from. Yep, yep, from Gallifrey. And then as far as what the robot's telling people, uh, that is also the case. So everyone's afraid to go outside. So they're like in this, you know, bunker underground, conserving water, and they're all afraid that if they go outside, they're going to die. Um, they have only three books, like, available, which uh, I should have wrote down. One of them was like the... Like ducks or something from the Canadian in, Canadian yeah, geese. They're yep. in the habit. They're in a habitat uh, yeah. science facility, right? I forget yes. the name of it. So it's the Canadian geese thing. It's called the U- UK something. Oh, you're something right. I can't like, remember whatever. Now. Habitat. You know, you, habitat. You've all yeah. watched it. You, you know, guys know. know. The other two books, uh, Moby, <laughs> Moby Dick. Dick. Yeah, Moby Dick. Uh, or he says like Moby Dick or something. Moby Dick. And what's the third one? Uh, oh, I could look it up, but it didn't ring a bell for me. But from the doctor's reaction, it seems like some sort of pulp, sort of something or other. I could look it up, but yeah. You know, right. And so cares. the even Murdine, who is the guy, uh, not Murdine, Balazar, who's the guy yes. with the underwear on his head, <laughs> he's sort of in charge of these sacred texts. So he's aware of some sort of old Earth customs, like the, the fact that people used to refer to this planet as Earth. But he isn't quite sure that he's on Earth, right, until later when it's he's told that. Like, when right. you find out that we're on Earth, he's like, oh, I, they referred to that planet's name or whatever, Earth, in these books. So it's kind of interesting to see his version of Earth via those three books. They they play more with the geese one. Okay, so the, the three books were uh, Moby Dick, um, The Water Babies by oh, Charles Kingsley. Okay. I don't know. And UK Habitats of the Canadian Goose by HM Stationary Office. Yeah. And their they're underground underground dwellers call it the UK habitat is what they are. So right. answering these questions in real time. Yeah. So that's, it's, yeah. it was yeah. just like a funny little it was. gag that, that he's got these three books, these sacred texts. And that he's, he's you know, uh, 
incredulous that the doctor could have read these because they're the sacred text and the fact that he's, you know is interpreting them as though you know it's the kabbalah or something right. trying to get and meaning then, out of them which yeah. is very funny. and then we got we should add like in this underground sort of uh nightmare dystopian future which is run by this robot and his two twin fun boys but they're not really twins but they dress alike but they do a lot of the thing where they're facing each other and they're trying to go in the same direction like we could we'll have to talk more just about those two those two whatever's going on in that room yeah uh, later, but the, the happy ro- Pride Month, everybody. Yeah, the robot keeps doing these cullings where he's right. wiping out portions of the population. I don't know why, but he is. Um, and it turns out Merdine is letting people go, who I guess are joining the free folk outside. So mm-hmm. outside that they don't realize there's actually most of those people. I assume at one point were in the underground yeah these are people who solar flare actually happened i guess it it happened in a sort of but not really it happened on part of the planet not as as widespread as they were as gallifrey you know reported and it was 500 years ago so over that course of time presumably people escaped and then because you know Merdine hasn't been doing this for 500 years, but, you know, he, or, or maybe, you know, people prior to him had the same, you know, mindset and right. he was yeah. indoctrinated in the same, whatever, who knows? But yes, they all eventually came from this group of people. Who knows? And we don't know what this incident is. Was this incident when Earth was moved from where it is now to there? Yeah. Was, you know, we'll find that out, I'm sure. There's, there's someone behind all of this. Maybe, I hope so. Maybe it's the High Council. <laughs> who knows? Right. And it all runs on it's on a '70s blacklight generator, whatever yeah. whatever that whole thing is. So there's a uh, some kind of lightning rod thing that takes the sun and converts it to black metal, and then that gets sucked <laughs> up into the dumb robot. And there's like a we could have cut an episode, I guess. Or uh, yeah. We say this, this a about three parter. There's there's some stuff that's we say like this about pretty much every story. Yeah. I mean, maybe half of half of one of these could have gone, and it would have been fine. Um, All right. So the, when they're on the planet too, we got to talk about what what did you think of uh, Glitz, who's sort of the space, you know, I called him a space degenerate or whatever. He's sort of this yeah. mercenary type. He's looking for something, the secrets. Secrets. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. Which are destroyed at the end. What All are right. those secrets? Do you have theories? No. I haven't looked ahead, so I have no idea. I whatever no I say, idea. I could be completely wrong. I mean, so. I mean, it just seems kind of obvious to me that, and maybe I'm completely wrong, but, you know, they talk about the, the Matrix as being the store of knowledge, uh, uh, store of all knowledge, they say. And whenever, you know, we see in the fourth episode, I think, of the story, um, the scene between Glitz and Dibber, but when they're going to try to steal the secrets, the, the words that are bleeped out, I think, was um, that they had that the sleepers had gotten into the Matrix because he talks about it's a network of knowledge. Now, who so, are the sleepers? So there's the three sleepers that... Uh, How did I miss that? So, <laughs> I don't know. That, that's who the immortal was, was there to help not only keep the underground um, system going, but I think that was all in service of keeping these sleepers alive. And they were waiting for some rescue ship or whatever to come and collect them, but that never happened. Oh, see, and I don't remember that, any of that. And he says that. that they died. So I must have blacked out. So this, yes, I know the 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 robot was maintaining robot. the the underground. So there's yes. people sleeping underground that we haven't seen. Yes, um, 
Let's say, let's say, uh, sleepers are from Andromeda. They found a way into the. Oh, okay, that's a spoiler. Um, yeah. So, but yes, they were they were these sleepers who I'm assuming they don't because they don't really talk about it much. Obviously, it wasn't much because it kind of slipped past you pretty quickly. But these, I think they were the architects. They were the ones that actually programmed. But we don't see the them. No, we never see them. Are, are they, they supposed to dead. be in the compound? Because the compound's destroyed at the end. I think they're supposed to be in the compound um and and uh i'm sure it'll be clear in the next one maybe i'll watch it again because i don't even remember that because dratho does say that uh no they're dead the ship that was supposed to come get them oh yeah Uh, okay i kind of remember him saying that someone was dead and i probably yeah so that was them that was them but going Um, back to your theory so you're thinking the beeped out line was what was that uh he uh, Mr. Glitz is explaining that he wants to get in there to get the secrets because these sleepers had somehow gotten into the Matrix and gotten all this information. So we, he says he got into Bleep. It's a network of a vast amount of knowledge or something right, like that. Right, that's right. what he says. So it must it must be something to do with that. And, you know, that's why, I mean, I'm assuming that this whole political yeah, so intrigue for what it is in this court is the high council or whomever trying to cover this up where you have this inquisitor who is this uh you know disinterested third party who is able to kind of adjudicate this um yeah so i think right. there's some so it's some, connected that, some to of the, the matrix that's happen there it's yeah connected somehow to their surveillance system maybe or whatever which is interesting because you know they talk about the uh, in the court that this is the that the matrix um it's the sum of all knowledge and that which clearly it's not correct because says that this planet was destroyed from this fireball and clearly it wasn't it makes no reference to the fact that this planet was actually earth um so there's there's a lot more there yeah, I, from that point it was okay well, they're hiding something on the planet yes. that's why they don't want anyone going there that there's nothing on it but clearly there is a robot running an underground thing with now you're telling me sleepers and yeah. secrets yeah. which and are destroyed s- or we assume s- they're destroyed they're 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 ash right at the end because the uh, Glitz and uh, Dumbledore. Now, what's his name? Dibber and Dibber. Glitz. Uh, they convinced that dumb robot that they got a whole bunch of dark matter. We got matter so much. Back of we my got van. so much bl- yeah. black light. We have a lot of black yeah, lights. You guys want to par- You guys party? Party. And then they uh, they <laughs> got walk a bong out over here. Got black lights. Saddest death scene. And then the 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 Put doctor. On some Pink Floyd. The doctor, you know, does whatever the doctor does so that the explosion isn't so big. I'm not yeah. quite sure how he does that. He just is like, no. I'm just going to isolate it to just here. It's like, all right. you. Yeah, and you, he didn't you. quite get it to work. And he's like, I hope it's good enough. And of course, it was. Yeah, we kind of saw it. So you know that I there's a, a website that I've been going to um, that has all the scripts. Because sometimes some of these things fly past me, even though if I watch it with you know the subtitles on, because I don't want to sometimes, you know, catching the words in as it's happening, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it also makes it easier for me to put these in the notes later, just grab them from this um this online script it does actually have parts that weren't aired i don't know if they were if they were just part of the script that were never shot and edited out at some point or if it was actually shot and and actually you know cut out of the show but they they do talk a little bit more about what the matrix is here because i don't know if it struck you as strange but when you're in this first court scene and they're gonna they're setting this up that they're gonna be watching uh this is your life um the valiard says um these examples of criminal behavior of the accused are fully recorded in the matrix the repository of all knowledge. He's explaining this to a room full of time lords. Like, there's no reason he should say that at all. Right, but right. But then for it the, goes for the audience that doesn't remember. I mean, it totally. It's, of course, of yeah. course, it's for the audience. But it's it's one of those things where that could have been done in a less clunky way. But what's actually interesting is in this script, there's there's you know a dozen lines that follow after this 
that actually make that line less weird. Uh, the doctor you know, says it's an objection. He has an objection to it um, that it's not the sum of all knowledge, it's the sum of all Gallifreyan knowledge. And the you know, Inquisitor says, well, that's the same thing. And the doctor says, well, you know, yeah. you know, an organism in a drop of water can think that it knows the entire universe, but really only knows that drop of water. It's the same sort of thing. So he's setting up, more explicitly in the script at least, that there's something going on here with the mm -hmm. Matrix, that it's not what it appears to be, or that it's been, you know, tampered with in some way, perhaps. I don't know. It's just, there's, there's much more going on here than... than we, so that's from the script. Now, did you see the scene that had the redacted audio? Does it exactly match what was beeped and what wasn't? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't say... Yes, it doesn't say anything like that. But it's um, the it same doesn't, line. Doesn't, doesn't give you... Yes, right, exactly. It doesn't have more than that, because that was as, as written. Word. Which was actually, you know, it was funny, too. There's that moment when the uh, the beginning, when the Doctor and Perry go into the underground for the first time. And he's talking about, you know, isn't it interesting, all these things, you know, um, how there's similarities between this and Earth. And I could I could write a thesis. Ancient Life on Ravelox by Doctor. And it gets cut off right there, which I thought was kind of a funny moment. It's been going on okay. forever, The whole right. that whole joke of, what is his name? It'll That's never funny. get old, but it gets old. But it gets old. He also says he's 900 years old. And I, yeah, I don't, don't. Go I, I know. I just, I even said that in my notes. I can't even. I just can't go yeah, back. They, they it refer feels to like him as the around. old one, right? A couple of yeah. times, and that's yeah. like a, a joke. And at the end, Perry's like, "Oh, you, you know, you're so old." You're He's so like, old. Oh, you. <laughs> yeah, but I think we covered everything, right? I mean, well, the, the, tw I really oh, the twins. What, what's the deal with the twins? They're just in his chamber room. Mm -hmm. They're maintaining his what? He so doesn't really need them. No, no, no. There's, there's a fault. There's a fault. That's why he wants the doctor to come in and help them because he, the whole. Well, well hold on. Wait. Premise. The, is, yep. Right, but isn't the doctor helping repair the black light generator? Yeah. Generator. Yeah. And is, isn't that broken as a result of the pirate? You know, the the bombing. No. Okay. So, so backing up before they bomb yes, the. It was malfunctioning to begin with. Um, that's the source of the power for it, but it's somehow malfunctioning, causing some either, depending on which of the, the two fun boys you listen to, it's either a <laughs> uh, electrical or mechanical fault that's going on. And that all stems back to there. So they're, they're trying to fix it from inside um, the, the castle, that they call it, but inside that control room, they're trying to fix it, but that's clearly not where the error is. The doctor says as much. It's not coming from in here, so you can't fix it from here. You know, and then he's you know a plan to escape. But let me go up and uh, uh, and find you know where this this aerial is that's causing these problems. But it really actually is causing problems with the um, with the computer. All right, so there was a problem with it, and that's what they do all day long is try to fix the blacklight thing because it they they sort of said like who's going to be here to help you you know, sort of ma maintenance you or whatever, whatever the thing Right. Because he's basically, they're expendable to him. He's like, you know, I'll just you, get new ones. you'll get killed and I'll just have the doctor take over for you. Right, right. Um, and I guess it's been going on for centuries because they always, I guess they said they bring in the smartest uh, children that they can find. Yeah, and but I, I like how they forever. sort of looked like themselves and they were going back and forth and they, you know, I could have watched a whole... Uh, you know them driving around the country or something, and I think I had enough views or something. I had plenty of them. Oh, that was okay. It was our <laughs> they survive at the end of this, so we could see them. Don't they run off? I yeah, they're remember. holding hands into the sunset. Yeah, I feel like they yeah. just skip away, and it's like 
And I was pretending that they were the twin dilemma kids. Just, That's even better, just though. Older, but they were not twins. <laughs> so when you finally, I know that you're you're, you're constantly writing spec script comics for uh, Doctor Who. I mean, you, the next one needs to be about these two and their adventures together. So I assume it is. I'm going into uh, what's the name of the next one? Time uh, Bandit. Time no. Uh, time, time of the twins. Mind Warp. Oh, maybe their minds get warped. Yeah, so I'm assuming Mind Warp is in all about these two. Yes. And what shenanigans they've got. got the Tandril and hum- Humker? Tandril I don't and even Humker. know what their names are. It it's doesn't great. matter. does not matter. They did have a fun moment. Um, so there were, you said you, you really like the writing um, uh, in this. And there's just this one moment when they're, they first bring the doctor into the control room. And they're inspecting because they think he's an android. So yeah. like playing with his hair and like checking him out. I wonder how he's programmed, whatever. And they dig through his pockets and he keeps pulling out more and more things, which is a gag it's that I just a funny gag. Yeah. I love that gag. I think it's great. So he's like pulling out a teddy bear and an oil lamp or whatever, but he pulls out a bag of jelly babies and the doctor grabs it back. Yeah. But then offers them jelly babies, which is is just a really nice touch. That made me very happy. It was that good. That happens. Yeah. One of those little things. Uh, do um, anything else to add on this? Oh, I mentioned how Perry was like it could yeah. have been Sarah Jane and and even mentioned Sarah and Jane they, and they bring her up yeah later yeah. on when the the doctor is electrocuted perhaps or is it after he gets attacked by the robot i can't remember what he's it was after coming. he gets attacked by the robot he's, he's sort in the of woods out of it and and yeah. Perry says like what are you doing and he's like Sarah Jane she's like come yeah. on man and then he's, he's <laughs> then she punches him <laughs> yeah no that was that was a nice moment oh another ridiculous moment you you listed off a number of them the food the food in the face that we talked about in the face that? is a good yeah. one we mentioned that at the beginning uh when the when they stone the doctor when the doctor gets stoned yeah that's the water crime right yeah that's the water crime but we didn't talk about what the resulting punishment for the water crime is that he's gonna get stoned by a half a dozen guys that each have two rocks yeah <laughs> they just throw it at him right and he 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 acts all nonchalant about it, which is, you know, the typical Dr. Bravado. He's got a trick up his sleeve that he's going to get out of this. But all he does is open up his umbrella and still gets pelted oh, with rocks gets and gets knocked right out. He still right head with the rock. And, and then he brags about it at the trial. At he's the like, trial. Did you guys see that? It's I like, mean, maybe oh, this he was guy's being, a doofus. Yeah, maybe he was being self-deprecating there and that just didn't come off. And it was like, yeah, it was, that was supposed to be funny. But, like, they're... they're <laughs> Their idea was to everyone throws two stones at him, go pick up your stones, and then throw more stones at him again until repeat until dead. Which right. was just we should really talk silly. Uh, right. We should now that we're, we should before we go off of it, we should talk yeah. a little bit about the wildings or the free folk or whatever. I really like the queen. Yeah, she the, was terrific. But she does say that these secrets are 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 known enough. That a guy like Dibber and a guy like Glitz will know about him. But also, she's had spaceships come to this planet over yes. and over and over again. Yes. All lying, all going after... They're all going after the... the like, everybody knows that the that robot runs on black light energy and that they have right. to destroy this solar thing or shut it down or whatever they're going to do. And they all have different excuses. Right. So how secretive is this conspiracy that it seems like everybody in the galaxy or the universe knows enough about it that it's happening we can presume that everyone knows that they have some secrets there but not necessarily what those secrets are obviously that's why i have to get them or even necessarily how they came by those secrets maybe it was only glitz and dibber that or glitz really that had figured out that 
based on, you know, my presupposition here is that, that the sleepers were able to get into the matrix. So maybe that's not common knowledge, but right, the but fact that there is know, the, uh, this, these secrets are there. If the, if the theory that, that is sort of the, the facts in quotes is that this planet was hit by a solar flare yeah. or a fire attack or whatever you want to call it. It's been destroyed. There's, oh. hard, there's no life on it. That there's treasure buried here, but everybody knows about it. So it's like, hmm. Shouldn't the doctor also know about that part of it? If it's, I don't know. Right, I see what you're it's saying. It's kind of stupid, but it just feels yeah. like if it's this vast Gallifreyan conspiracy that goes to the highest echelons of Gallifrey, it seems like it, pe- pe- for years people have been searching for the Treasure Sierra Madre type thing yeah. that's on this. I don't know. It's so you're saying that the a minor thing. It just feels no, like. No, no, no. It's interesting, though, because uh, hopefully it'll come back and we'll, we'll get answers to all this. Um, so the idea that the planet was destroyed by the solar flare completely wiped out devoid of life was part of a cover-up perhaps by an entity the time some faction of the time lord something or other to cover this up which would i think be counterproductive because then hey there's no one there maybe there's still that robot there but there's no one there to stop you to go get these secrets that, yeah, I don't think it really works very well. It's, well, yeah, it seems like a I, counterproductive I mean, cover-up. Con- right, the conspiracy was this planet is dead, yeah, and there's nothing on it. And so Except, for the robot, yeah. he's got people down there working because he has to do whatever he has to do for the sleepers, and he's now doesn't want them to go out. So he's no, I get all that. Them, right, so I'm that's just, the thing. And it, but that's it's like, part of it. I'm, I'm wondering no about, one like, should the... know that there's anything there, right? let alone the, a robot. yeah. But yet everyone knows everyone that knows. the robot is there. Or at least because, a sufficient number come that yeah. they that is part of their folklore. Even that the yeah. common people yeah. think he's an immortal. They don't really know the concept of robot, right? I mean, it's... Which is strange that they wouldn't because they understand about starships right. and they things like that. Starships. They've seen guns before. Yeah. Oh, the stupid scene where, where uh, Dibber and Glitz, like... Pull the Pull gun. Their... Like, they have this plan to get themselves caught. Like, they have a grenade, and he's like, let's sh- literally slaughter these people. And he's like, nah, check this out. We scare them with the grenade. Take me to your leader, that old gag. Then yeah. they go, and then they pull their gun, and within, like, seconds... What? They pull their guns while they're prison. surrounded by armed guards. Like, yeah, literally yeah. within inches of them. Like, they don't even how get was that supposed off. to work? Yeah, no, was... they barely even got them, like... They didn't even get a chance to aim. They could have just... just handed them. It a, yeah, I think it should have. And then Perry gets caught, and they have this weird kind of thing where they're like, you're going to have multiple husbands, wink, wink. Yeah. And then, don't they say, doesn't she say to Perry, like, you're kind of cool, we like you, we're going to yeah. marry you in, and then they put her in jail. Like, I wasn't expecting her to sense. go to jail. I thought she yeah. was just going to be welcomed into their world, but she's not, she's thrown in jail. Right, and that That's comes fine. back later, too, uh, with uh, Balazar, with his underwear on his head, he... He's given really, a pass. He's given a pass. He's he can join them, and then they all go back to prison together. And Balazar's with them as well. Maybe he wasn't there to be kept captive, but I don't yeah, remember was, him. It was prison, strange. But it's yeah, possible. it was him. Him and Broken Tooth. <laughs> that was his name. Broken Tooth. Old Broken Tooth. Oh, Broken Tooth. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of hallway stuff. I mean, there's exteriors again, which yeah. I like. Everything is video. So I mean, you've talked about liking the film. Parts Apparently of this before, that's going away. That's sort of we're done with that. Uh, um, but I really, it's, still, it's beautiful. Yeah, I'm it, still but, happy we're outside though. For any, yeah, for any reason, even if it wasn't a lot of out, you know, exterior shots. At least there wasn't a lot of it, but it was. I mean, especially the stuff in the forest just looked so so nice um, in comparison to everything else. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, uh, anything else to add on? No, uh, I think that's most of it. Stuff we covered it. Uh, overall, we, got it. we both liked it. I think. Yeah, I, I I liked it better than I thought I would, and I think I like it better than the average fan. Seems yeah, me to. too. I was surprised to hear it hated as much as it was because it's it's not it's not terrible. I mean, it's not definite bad. problems, I was, but I liked yeah. it. I was in, I enjoyed the whole story. Yeah, much better than Time Lash. Yeah, it's not saying a whole lot, is it? Uh, yeah. So hey, we got yeah, what a bunch of uh, uh, user user. Sorry, <laughs> got a bunch of listener. We got feedback. a bunch of user complaints. <laughs> yeah, yay! Okay. Now we got we got um we got a bunch of stuff. So uh, let's see. Uh, first of all, I thank you guys for responding so quickly. Um, you got tweets. tickets to see Gotti? No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. What? kidding. I just got. <laughs> I got an email that said, watch Gotti this weekend, which is for anyone that doesn't know, is this John Travolta movie where he plays oh. Gotti. Um, and it, it seems more like a threat. Like, you have to watch Gotti this weekend. <laughs> it's your chance to meet John Travolta. The movie has a 0% uh, Rotten Tomatoes score. Oh, I'm watching that next. But, uh, no, thank you. I don't want to watch Gotti. Can you imagine if you just had to get woken up? And, You're going to watch Gotti. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like Coupon the movie. Everyone has to watch it. Yep. Right, um, so we got that. some some tweets back. So thank you guys. I put that out earlier today. Day of recording is not usually an ideal day to try to get some feedback from you folks, but you uh, did you with flying touch. colors. So um, at William John Bird replies to us. I just I said you know what what are your thoughts, folks? He said uh, you have to remember that uh, we watched this after an eighteen month break for the show, which is incredible we weren't even sure it was ever coming back and then we got this average story with loads of interruptions for dreary court courtroom stuff um and then goes goes on to say and the diddly dumb new arrangement of the theme doesn't really fit with the old titles bit of a missed opportunity for a fresh start i agree with both of those and i actually didn't know while watching this until i saw this tweet that that there was that hiatus because i right and i didn't, yeah, I didn't know that until after, and i could see people being disappointed yeah in the story a little bit because if you had waited that long and it was like finally coming back and then you get that great opening shot to just get dumped into sort of yeah a little bit of a downer let, kind of a let down scene you know yeah you go right into the court scene i wonder and i don't know and i'm not going to find out but i wonder yep. if the court scene was written by someone else because <laughs> it's going to be you know i imagine every single story is going to mm. be this court scene and robert holmes wrote the story that yeah. they watch and then the next person will write the story we watch and, oh interesting and maybe the producers or whoever wrote or or the story editor put together put it the, in the together the oh, that's interesting that yeah, i don't not, know how they worked there fun. it was not nearly as fun well no the doctor did have some good moments actually but All right, yeah. you defend that court scene i will i will um we got some more responses uh bernard jkd says uh, bye bye to filmed exteriors i'm crying right now as i read that uh huge loss of the look and remaining uh quality feel of the show video exteriors made the show look like a c bbc production sadly the bbc was going down the twos back then before the bbc was all farmed out to the indies in the 90s um he says there's too much nostalgia for him to judge uh 60 is very strong with perry too um uh, going back, uh, the new theme is dire uh, very much a robert holmes light story i liked it i thought it was a good robert oh, but okay um glitz becomes a good addition to the canon um tom chadbon uh was well and truly wasted and clear unimpressed with colin baker who but i yeah I, but I really... who did play who did chad play 
Uh, Chad Thanks. is the is uh, Merdine. Okay. Who I thought was great. Was great. I, the casting of this, all the casting was 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 really well done. I mean, every single uh, character I thought was great, even the fun boys. Um, <laughs> so, that, so that was good. Uh, so yeah, and then I read earlier that uh, Mini Disc Return uh, mentioned about the relationship between Perry and the Doctor. Um, I feel the same way. That was great. Trial scenes are all right in the first story, but less so as the trial proceeds. Ooh, great. Is, Looking forward to good. that. <laughs> great effect shots at the start. Obviously, agree with that. Uh, Christos Paddock says uh, nothing brilliant, but this season is more settled and consistent than Baker's prior seasons. That makes me very happy because the other seasons. Some stories were hit or miss, so even a consistently okay is good in my books. Um, goes on to say, still, this is so, so 1980s, but at least no cannibals. Hey, man, I'll bring back the cannibals anytime. Yeah, you don't know what was going on in the, the behind the scenes. <laughs> you don't know if they were, who they were The rap party, man. It was just, there's only one fun boy left. Um, and then uh, David says, you may as well replace the courtroom scenes with commercials. At least I might have found a new way to keep my shirts bright and fresh, um, which is pretty good. Um, and uh, Wordsmith Paul says, the Doctor and Perry arrive in a situation much like the Crotons where uh, Salad... Sabalon Glitz, I can't say that. Sabalon Glitz and his partner receive them as competitors, oh, perceive them as competitors. There's more than meets the eye happening on the planet, Ravalox, and why did the prosecutor choose this adventure to attack the Doctor? These are all very good questions, and I really do hope that, like you said, unlike um, the Key of Time, Time Key, um, Key Rings, that, yeah, that they actually connected. do carry I this whole... I feel like it's... it's, it's yeah, they're really setting it up. And, and yeah. just based on the comment that someone made... That, yep. you, that you just read. Just read. I, I blacked mm-hmm. out. Um, <laughs> Sorry about that. Glitz is going to return. I'm assuming well, you said... Uh, well, addition, addition to, to canon. canon. I don't know. So I'm assuming he's going to come back. Uh, could be. How do we leave him with him? The two he of them... He just takes off on a spaceship, yeah, right? We don't... They, they, they grabbed some um, He doesn't silicon. go with the doctor. What? No, he didn't go with the doctor. Yeah, the so two of them run off. So maybe they, he'll they realize court as a witness or who knows. Ooh, something maybe. Something will happen with that guy. I, I'm tempted unless to look ahead, but I don't want to know. Unless he means he appears in, like, I could also see him being in a big finish thing or a sure. novelization. But hopefully we see him again. He seems like someone that, you know, will show up. Is worth worth watching for. So we got some other stuff as well. Emails? Uh, we, uh, we got, okay, we can do that first. Facebooks. Sure, we got emails. We did get some emails. Twitters? Uh, we did all the tweets. Um, the emails. Um so this is coming from uh, Todd, who says, hello, Eric and Dan. I discovered your hey, podcast Todd. a few months ago and uh, have downloaded a few episodes. I'm definitely an old school fan of the show from the early 1980s, and Tom Baker is my favorite doctor of all time. Keep up the good work, and I, I will somewhere along the line download more episodes. Well, don't Take commit to it. <laughs> hey, no, this is this is hey, a challenge maybe, to us. Uh, perhaps. If I, could, if I could squeeze it in, I may listen to another one. <laughs> perhaps. I don't hey, want to commit to went, anything. You listen to some of them, and I'm very happy about that. So thank you for and thank you for taking the time to write in, not just to listen, but to even thank let us know you that you are in all listening. seriousness. Thank You're you. You listen to them when you want, whenever you want to. Uh, we got another email. Well, Two emails. Leave an iTunes review. Oh yeah, do that instead. Um, we uh, got another email. That's two on one week. This is fantastic from Paul Paranoid that says, um, uh, "PP." Uh, PB says, uh, 
so he he sent us an email and then corrected it because of typos. So no worries about that. Who cares? You wrote to us. Yeah, That's think fantastic. Of all the so I love typos I make on a regular schedule here. Don't exactly. worry about your typos. All the speaking typos that we do at every moment. Um, so that's great. Uh, I'm sorry. So there's more here. But basically, oh, the gist of this is that he gave us some recommendations of things that we should definitely, uh, some stories that we should take a look at. So we're going to do that. And some uh, great, interesting um, reference books and some uh, novels that at some point I will definitely get around to jumping into those. So how, any recommendations? Because I haven't really read any novelizations of the Who stories. I don't think you have either. No. Right? To, to at least have a good entry point, because I feel like those could be really hit or miss. I don't really tend to like novelizations of... Um, of shows but thank you for these recommendations and the big finish stuff i know eric likes some of those yeah, so I do like more recommendations finish. that's that's really awesome so thank you for that and does also mention um the blake seven uh stuff which is which is pretty yeah, cool gotta, at some I point man we gotta that. get into that i gotta make that happen yeah but thank you very much paul for for writing to us yeah thank you um, yeah blake seven sounds very cool it does yeah um but then the most important thing in the world to all of us are the itunes reviews we got so we got two five-star iTunes reviews, folks. Um, this is uh, Dan and Eric's Excellent Adventure. This comes from Mark Inslee in the UK. Um, says, five stars. This is one of my favorite podcasts. Dan, oh, it's spelled favorite with a U as well. Um, I like that. I'm melting. I am melting. Uh, Dan and Eric explore episodes from Doctor Who's original run with the perfect blend of banter, fun poking, sincere fondness, and cult movie references. I don't know how cult these are. Dune's a pretty big movie. And that's pretty much all that Eric re- uh, references. Um, I could listen to these guys talk all day. At its core, the podcast is two friends exploring and discussing Doctor Who with a good amount of research, eh? insight, and laughter. I would definitely recommend this uh, to both seasoned cl- classic Doctor Who fans and newcomers who are looking to explore and need a helping hand. I fans like of Dune, Twin Peaks, and Clue will also enjoy like this. Those are, that's like my uh, trinity Yep, right there. I, every single one of those. That's fantastic. So thank you for that review. The other one um, comes from Field 5... Uh, sorry, Field 357, don't want to get that wrong, in the US of A, says, great show, five stars, new listener, I listen to many Doctor Who podcasts, and yours is one of the best, keep up the good work, Scott in Denver. Thank you very much, that makes us very, very happy, so. We appreciate the review, reviews are my favorite, Uh, and when you write a review, it goes a long way uh, in making Apple sort of recommend us. Yeah, I feel like someone was saying stars, or maybe that was Amazon. Who knows? Uh, that stars alone aren't really enough. It's you got to get them sweet words that really uh, push us over the edge. Yeah, whatever. Thank whatever you for that. Edge that is. This is uh, it's push a cliff. Us over the edge with Matt Dillon. Ah, oh, it's gonna be great. Um, hey, while we were talking, we got another uh, tweet coming. Wait, coming. before you talk go, about go, that tweet, do it. Do it. Dan. I, yes. I was looking while we were talking. I was just looking some over some other Colin Baker stories. Okay. And I came across our Vengeance on Varos uh, review page. So mm-hmm. if you're the old Doctor Who show.com, you can, you can find it. I don't believe we ever addressed that Michael said that we're mispronouncing era. We say Colin Baker era, but we're saying it Colin Baker error. No, I think it's just our American accents. Yeah, I think it's just our, our I, my, accents. My, my thick, thick accent I got over here. Error. Although it error? works that way, too, I era? guess. It's, this is the Colin Baker error. Error. Uh, Aw. Uh, no, no, it's getting better. Like He's that. correcting it. Era? Should we say era instead? 
No, it's fine. I just I know we we sometimes also Nisa? mention these comments. Nissa. Nissa. Come on, don't start that. <laughs> we we try to 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 read all the comments, but like this one, this was only from a couple just months ago. We missed them. So sorry uh, about that. You know, if you want, absolutely want us to read it, it's an iTunes review is a guarantee. <laughs> That's Dan's for sure. pretty good with tweets, but sometimes even tweets slip by. If, if you leave an iTunes review, Eric will read it to himself every night as he goes to yes. sleep. So and you'll email definitely get it. is also the old Doctor Who show at gmail.com. Yeah. Always gets read. Yep. So, uh, on. You, you this tweet that came in uh, from Rogue Time Lord one Macash33 on Twitter said um, about the, this story, the idea was great, the execution not as much. Colin Baker was over the top at moments and fantastically emotional at others. It demonstrates how good his run could and should have been. I agree with that. I totally that's agree. A, that's a good way of putting it, too. It, it was a glimpse into, like, this is his last season, and I don't know yeah. how the next stories are going to go, but... If this had been his first season, yeah, uh, yeah, see where this sort of version of the Doctor, how that would have played out, even with the and, same stories that we saw. And again, though, to me, yes, it's the moments that he has, but it's the common, the common, uh, the culmination of him making different choices about how he presents the Doctor, but also his relationship with Perry. Um, that just makes it exponentially better for me. That the because yeah, who wants too. to watch two people that aren't just having fun? Not at all it's having fun. A, it's it's not weird. A good time. Yeah. Not not in Doctor Who, where it's supposed to be about it's about them. fun and exploring and space and feeling good about yourself and not just space misery. I mean, I got I got Earth space misery. misery. Space. <laughs> Although space misery sounds kind of awesome now. That I would. I, I think we should yeah. do that. Do one. you like Hereditary? Do you like Hereditary <laughs> in space? <laughs> Fantastic. Have you seen Here, that yet? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. I'm well, not a huge like scary not, movie fan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go on. Um, go on. So the last two things, guys, thank you for making it this far into the podcast. But we did want to highlight the fact that we did get featured um, in a couple different websites about Doctor Who podcasts. And I want to give all credit to you folks that are leaving reviews on the iTunes and other uh, you know, Google Play stores, wherever, because that actually helps people find us. So that's the reason I think that we were even uh, mentioned on these uh, uh, list websites. So on this list of uh, podcasts worth listening to, we'll link to it in the show notes here. You can take a look. Um, But generally they say you don't even need to take a look because I'm going to read it to you. Um, This is actually not even a list of Doctor Who specific podcasts. It's just a list of cool podcasts, including other greats like Planet Money and How Did This Get Made? I mean, those are two of my favorite podcasts ever. I about Planet Money. Planet Money is an NPR show that is exceptional. It is really, really good. Um, how does this make it get made? Oh, yeah, it's that like I that. Just I freaking every every single one of those kills me. So that's great. Um, but we're listed above them. I don't think it has any it's meaning. But ranked, hey, whatever. But hey, we'll take it. It, it does say um, Dan and Eric are two guys who set out to review every episode of classic Doctor Who that was available on Netflix. The BBC promptly pulled the episodes, leaving this podcast somewhat pointless. But they decided to press on regardless. Yes. Uh, the hosts are obviously old friends who don't see each other much anymore, so the first 10 minutes of each episode are basically them just alter- alternatively shooting the breeze or complaining about Netflix not showing Doctor Who. <laughs> Neither of them do much research or even appear to like Doctor Who much. Yeah, that's not true. I would but the podcast survives love, on yeah, charm. I love Doctor Who. I'm looking Save at it me. to the end, buddy. Okay. Save it to the end. Yeah, you get your going. rebuttal. Um, he breaks it, uh, this, this writer breaks it down into categories. Tone. 
Matey, increasingly discontented as they enter the Colin Baker era. Mm. Possible. <laughs> fast forward the first 10 minutes of general chit-chat. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. That's fine. I don't listen to the first 10 minutes of uh, Mark Maron's thing. I don't Marin's think you listen thing. to this podcast at all. <laughs> I've never listened to this podcast. <laughs> and good introduction. Uh, the bad episodes of Doctor Who tend to make from using listening as the exasperated host try to make sense of things. So, so try episode 44, Time Flight, or Concord. Concord, yeah. Um, we love Doctor Who. I wouldn't spend so many hours every three weeks watching the show, preparing for the show, doing the gifts, putting up with Eric. Um, we love Doctor Who, and I think that that comes through. Um, but thank you for that. That's really, really yes, that awesome. Was very cool. So when you're going to download your episode of How Did This Get Made in Planet Money, also, you know, check out. Oh, you're already listening. You're already listening. So be sure to check us out. (laughs) All right, get to the next one. Okay, the other one is from makeuseof.com. This is actually a list of Doctor Who uh, podcasts with some incredible ones like like, Verity Podcast, Radio Free Scaro, uh, Two Minute Time Lord, like really great podcasts. Thank you for including us on that list. Um, They say about the old Doctor Who show, we have Russell T. Davies to thanks for sending generations scurrying behind the sofa, but he relaunched the show because of his love for earlier incarnation. Anyone solely watching the 2005 to present series without exploring the 1963 to 98, 96 run is doing it a disservice. Uh, Classic Who is the sole subject of the old Doctor Who show. You can find discussions of Eccleston, uh, Tennant, Smith, Capaldi, Whitaker, elsewhere. Dan Grissom. Dan Grissom. Oh, we're getting married, by the nice. way. Uh, Eric Grissom and Dan Johnson are here to review every serial from the first seven or maybe eight Doctors. They go into each episode fresh and in some cases without having previously seen them before. Yeah, and I think... Yeah, but we saw them once. Yeah, I mean, that's enough. Well, that's true. It only happened three times where Dan and I did not watch the episode, but we pulled it off, and you guys have to figure out which one. You have to figure out which ones it was. By listening um, to all of them. Uh, they go to each episode fresh, in some cases without having previously seen them before. It's essentially two long-term mates chewing the fat and giving their honest opinions on the good, the bad, and the mind robber. I remember actually okay. kind of liking the mind robber, so whatever. Anyway, so that was really cool, and it's thanks to you guys for listening um, that other people are able to find us and put us into listicles, so that makes me very happy as well. So like thank you, folks. If you want to write a listicle, put us in your listicle. Yeah, put it on a Dot Horse website. Yeah, feature us. <laughs> Every once in a while you see these podcasts that get featured, these Doctor Who podcasts. I'm not going to name names. Some of them are very good. Oh, put then there's there. the one that's been dead, had three episodes, and still outranks oh, us in the yeah, iTunes store. That, that one. <sighs> Sorry. Um, so that's it for all of our feedback. Thank you for making it this far into the show. Yeah, you guys you. are the ran a way longer way than long. it was supposed to be. Uh, what happened was the coffee kicked in, and I am yeah, I'm ready to go at warp around. speed. So in three weeks, you'll get to listen to us talk about uh, the next part of Trial of the Time Lord, Mind Warp. Yeah, which feels like a story title that we've had before, but yeah, they're all blending uh, together. Yeah. There are those little, uh, like little web bots that'll put together Doctor Who's story names for you, and this feels like one of those. It was yeah. just generated. Um, so there's that. Like Eric said before, um, please leave us a review on iTunes or the Google Play Store, or wherever, or write us an email at theolddoctorwhoshow at gmail dot com. Um, we're on Twitter at TODW Show, on Instagram at TODW Show, and on Facebook slash. Uh, oh, I got it right the last time, but I didn't get it right this time. TODWS. T-O-D-W-S, yes, you without the show on that one. You got um, it, man. And do you uh, you can follow me at DanJNJ on the Twitters, and uh, follow E. Grissom on Twitter, too. You can see all the cool comic book stuff that he's been doing recently. Oh, yeah. Which is kind of great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Anything else, buddy? That, uh, they put that true coat uh, on at the factory. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, until next time, until we get our minds warped. Uh, get your mind warped. <laughs> hey, kids, you want to get your... All right. We done? Uh, good night, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, he, yeah, he. This coat is now in session. His honor, Judge Pigmeat, Mark, and Poseidon. Of swing is just about ready to do that thing. I don't want no tears, I don't want no lies. Above all, I don't want no alibis. This judge is hip, and that ain't all. He'll give you time if you're big or small. Fall in line, or this coat is neat. Peace, brother. Whoa, here come the judge. Here come the judge. Everybody know that he is the judge. Everybody. your next door neighbor. Out of this courtroom. Out of this courtroom. Judge, your honorship high, sir. Did I hear you say order in the coat? Yes, I said order. Well, I'll take two cans of beer. Where's my robot? You know? <laughs>